uh, by that I got somehow involved to actually become a, a daycarer for I think three, three or three and a half years myself. Wow. So I, oh, wow. I got I, I got trained as a daycarer um, and have taken other children as well. <laughs> and I think one of the most um, interesting um, like occurrences in that time was when I met a, an old lady who was approaching me when I walked with, I think, four or five children. For I think it would it have been four or five. And uh, she was just so amazed seeing a man in my age walking with those children. And she just talked to me and I shared with her that, that I'm a daycare and that I'm doing this professionally. Um, I'm, I didn't earn a lot of money for this, but it gave me the, the opportunity to connect my daughter with other children, have nice. a little little bit of work, being self-employed and like, yeah, having just this right environment because we also didn't live close by their uh, her grandparents, for example. So, and and she was just so amazed by this. And I asked her, how many children did you, uh, do you have? And she was saying something like six or seven. And so I turned it around and said, actually, I, I should be the person who should be inspired by, by you because of the stuff you're doing. And she was so touched by this. And then we had a conversation around this. And it really like made me so aware, like people, especially women, were like so um, amazed and um, appreciating me doing this work but it doesn't really happen the other way around. I really appreciated having Björn Michael as my guest as part of the 31 Days of Transferable Skills Initiative. Björn is a life coach and facilitator who believes that fulfillment and contentment make people peaceful and generous. As facilitator, he loves to create safe spaces for sharing vulnerability. As a mentor, Björn enables people to feel comfortable and serves them to achieve sustainable life transformations. He's originally from Germany, but currently he is traveling with his family in a motor home across Europe. And so in our conversation, we spoke about the transferable skills that he has learned from his current motorhome journey, as well as during his time as a stay-at-home dad. Hello Björn, welcome to the show. Hi Kali, nice to see you. It is really nice to see you and it's like, you know, from one continent to the other. So it's, um, so now, um, what I ask my guests to do in the beginning, because not everybody may know you, to introduce themselves with five facts, like according to the working out loud method. So if you could please introduce yourself with five facts. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, I have five facts. So my first fact is that I'm an office and needs market facilitator, uh, which is a guided process where communities uh, or members uh, can identify and exchange their passions and 
needs, knowledge and skills and resources. Um, it's a really, really nice um, concept. This is first fact. Um, the second um, one is that I'm the founder of the Empathy Lounge, which is a like a space for practicing empathy. Um, the third fact is I'm also um, a trained pastry chef and I made the Monster Book of Monsters for one of the birth, uh, yeah, birthday parties for my daughter in one year so based on the harry potter movie design um fourth fact is i used to live for six years in the uk over the last six years and um, i'm currently living in a motorhome with my families and the fifth fact is um yeah i'm starting to learn guitar again uh, which mainly is the result of meeting someone here on my journey um who yeah showed me a couple of things that made me like really rewarming with the uh, yeah with playing guitar well thank you so much for sharing and you're definitely my very first guest that is in a motorhome as we are recording this show so super appreciative and we will talk about this a little bit later and first i'd love to um talk as this is part of the um 31 days of transferable skills where i talk with people from all over the world um how what type of transferable skills they have learned from unpaid care work volunteering extensive traveling and um, caregiving in general in general and i also would like to say hello to anybody who might be watching us right now or who is re watch uh, uh, you know watching it afterwards in the replay format or in the future will be listening to us as this is also becoming an episode of the podcast job sharing and beyond and so um because of the um, focus on the transferable skills, I would love to talk a little bit more with you, Bjorn, about before you started your career, how much did you know or what experience did you have with caregiving? Mm. Um, at, initially, I thought I, I probably didn't have one, but actually I did um, community service um, And I worked in a school for with people or children mainly with special needs, and it was like a very um, yeah challenging, mentally challenging uh, task to do. Um, but it uh, it taught me so many things, and I worked um, with younger and little older children, and it was like it was something that I was quite able to do. Um, people were just showing me uh, that I was quite empathetic with them and I, how I treated them was quite natural. I wasn't like um, trying to separate and um, or it, it didn't look like this. Or though I would say it was quite challenging sometimes depending on the grade of this, the special needs they had. And I would even argue that in my personal opinion um, 50, at least 50 percent of our professional work should be actually every single year in community service um, throughout different community uh, yeah, works that we have in our society. I, I learned so much from it and I'm valuing um, yeah, so many people what they do in their daily life and for every single day and I feel like especially when we talk about debts 
um, often it comes from like coming from, from a background of um, office jobs and so on and so forth. And um, um, the challenges are different and I'm coming from a very, very different um, background at least. Um, yeah, starting as pastry chef and having this community service is in Germany quite popular. But it's, but still, I think many did other things than I did um, in terms of um, yeah caring for children. I I think this is such an important point, you know, the community um, service because I also feel like even in a you know a high school setting or university setting, if there was a sort of quote unquote compulsory part to it that would require pretty much everybody to do more community service, it. I think would help younger children slash, you know, young adults having a very different, um, you know, understanding of what care work is actually like. And I, I think, and you know, the, as you described, you know, your own um, work, it just sort of, you know, that the practical aspect and it will, I think, help, you know, create soft skills or, you know, social skills that, they might not have been, you know, aware or might not realize what it actually does. So, um, and, you know, the pastry chef, yeah, I, that sounds, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, sweet things. So <laughs> I'd like to find out more about that. But um, so now, you know, this is a perfect segue because you've been um, as stay-at-home dad, and so I imagine, you know, your daughter must be very lucky to have a stay-at-home dad who is also a pastry chef. But what actually made you decide initially to decide to become a stay-at-home dad? Yeah. So I think how happy my daughter is with it. <laughs> we probably need to ask her. Um, and and I, I think I, it would probably, her answer would uh, probably depend on the current situation. Um, but um, yeah, the, I think the decision came from a mix from supporting my wife while she studied at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was already like we five years um, like separated in terms of age. And um, so I was already working for uh, for some time and she was um, studying. So we, we became quite young parents. And so me making the decision to uh, taking on um, yeah, the, the father role more um, was like also a mixture of like in, in Germany, for example, at that time they initiated this program for that. Um, it wasn't like it was today. I think it's even, uh, it has even improved over the time, but it was for me the starting point really to get into this. And I, I'm one of those daddies who decided to take full the time. So we shared the full lot of it. So half her and half me, um, which is quite often different, like because many dads only take what, like one or two months mm -hmm. um, and or like they're taking it together and traveling. And we at that time, yeah, we just spent that time. Yeah, That's so interesting. And now you've already alluded a little bit before, you know, your community work, what you have learned, but are there any other transferable skills that you had learned in your professional life before becoming a stay-at-home dad that were helpful for you 
to be using in in a home setting? Mm. That's a really interesting question because for me, it really feels like <laughs> there's no single um, skill that can't be transferred to another part in your life. So I feel like, okay, what it, for me, it would be more like a decision, like what became I more aware of, like I'm transferring it um, because there are so many, I couldn't even decide to, oh yeah, what, what helped me most um, when I, because for example, when I'm taking the, uh, the learnings from my uh, like trainings or school and so on and so forth. There were a couple of things that, that I could take. Like, for example, I was like uh, a restaurant manager before I got into this parenting time. And um, there was definitely like this manager um, mindset in terms of um, what I learned about communication, for example, um, and, and leading and uh, such things, although I didn't need it at that time that much because she was quite young at, at the first time. It was just like being there. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 um, yeah, I, I also wasn't scared about like having contact with my daughter in terms of like caring, like doing the, the proper care work with changing nappies and, um, all this stuff. I never felt like, um, this was a challenge for me. Yeah, um, this was something, is there something else? Um, yeah. And making cakes, for example, is definitely a good thing. Uh, I know. Good thing. I mean, <laughs> this is, you know, this is sort of the interesting thing. It's like, you know, especially when the children are young, like, you know, birthday parties and other gatherings, I'm sure, you know, you must have been like, you know, like, you know, people might have said, oh, here's another cake made by Björn or, you know, and, and so I'm curious, like, what was it like being a stay-at-home dad? Were there other stay-at-home dads in your area or were you the only one? And what did it feel like? As I said, at that time, I was quite young and um, all the other parents around me and my wife were like at least 10 years older. So we had actually no network of other parents um our friends were all just like our age they were studying oh and i lost the camera <laughs> as i promised this, um, this is this is life and we yeah, are you know life. talking but with you me... in a motorhome so yeah, yeah exactly so but i'm trying to like reconnect it otherwise i'm just switching the camera and it probably works then again let's see okay. um yeah you, you so, are back <laughs> here, here i am <laughs> um so where was um you, yeah, you so were we, they were 10 years older, and so there was actually no, um, yeah, like, network that we had. It, it just started when um, my daughter got to, like, the preschool stuff or, like, kindergarten things. And um, what I did then, after taking, like, the, the nine month off, um, I de decided even to quit my job at that time, mm -hmm. um, to just fully make a cut. And got again into community service <laughs> and through having more time available i got in contact with um like with the carers for my daughter and i was like always volunteering and stuff like that and uh, by that i got somehow involved to actually become a, a day carer for i think three three or three and a half years myself wow. so I, oh, wow. I got I, I got trained as a day carer 
um, and have taken other children as well. <laughs> and I think one of the most um, interesting um, like occurrences in that time was when I met a, an old lady who was approaching me when I walked with, I think, four or five children. For I think it would it have been four or five. And uh, she was just so amazed seeing a man in my age walking with those children. And she just talked to me and I shared with her that, that I'm a daycare and that I'm doing this professionally. Um, I'm, I didn't earn a lot of money for this, but it gave me the, the opportunity to connect my daughter with other children, have a little, little bit work, being self-employed and like, yeah, having just this right environment because we also didn't live close by their uh, her grandparents for example so and and she was just so amazed by this and i asked her how many children did you, uh, do you have and she was saying something like six or seven and so i turned it around and said actually i i should be the person who should be inspired by by you because of the stuff you're doing and she was so touched by this and then we had a conversation around this and it really like made me so aware like people especially women were like so um amazed and um appreciating me doing this work but it doesn't really happen the other way around. So I have become, not through this, I think it started even before, but I'm really a, an advocate for women position because um, I think we are quite unconventional in, in, in many uh, things. And I think one of, the, uh, one of the reasons is that actually over the last years or since my daughter is born, she's 12 now, um, most of the time we had like reversed roles so i took main uh yeah the main time of like carrying uh stuff which gives me quite an insight of how women feel often but with the addition of being a man and like having uh, yeah like just having other challenges at, at, on the one hand but becoming or getting appreciation for things that a woman often doesn't get. That was quite quite teaching for me. Thank you so much for sharing, Bjorn. And I, I'm really appreciative. I'm very appreciative of your advocacy because I, I agree. It's, you know, I would say in general, like, you know, care work as a whole, I feel is still very much undervalued. And so for you to, you know, make a point in, you know, emphasizing the importance and you know especially as there are a lot of women as you said who it often is sort of like well maybe taken for granted really all the you know the work so i i'm super appreciative and now i'd like to know so you know with your current um you know professional life as a coach and um you know all the other things you do, what do you feel, what transferable skills do you feel you gained from your time as being a stay-at-home dad that oh. is really helpful now? Mm. I think um, because for someone who doesn't know me or did, never worked with me, it probably appears quite weird, like having me like this career change and now being a life coach. But actually, 
nothing could have taught me more being a really being a life coach than being a dad for my daughter because for me i feel like what adults often don't see is that we have so much potential to learn from children in terms of presence in terms of listening um, skills in terms of like noticing small things i've learned so much from my daughter she is actually uh, she is probably my most valuable teacher mentor coach mirror um, um, and she is now um, as she's getting older she's even more challenging which just helps me even more to become more aware of how i can actually help my clients um in terms of presence um, when people have the first conversation with me they are often giving me the feedback of uh, that they never experienced such a presence by someone in terms of listening and being curious or not interrupting too often or um, giving advice for example i try to avoid giving advice to my daughter um And this is something that I'm doing with my clients because my work is not so much about being a mentor or being a teacher or a trainer. It's more about helping them to provide the safe space to be connected with their inner wisdom. Because from my experience so far, often we already have everything that we need to, um, yeah, like achieve anything that we want to achieve but we don't trust it and we we worry we uh, like we need to do another training we need to read another book we need to watch another ted talk and we need to do this and that and so on so this is really i think the, the key uh, the main key but there are so many other things as well but i think this, this just came up right now well Thank you for sharing this because I, I, I so agree. It's like, you know, and like also when, you know, say somebody is a manager in an organization with the team, all the skills you've just described are so helpful and they can be so easily transferred. But I feel often people don't realize it or know about it. And as you are saying, instead of like a manager, maybe micromanaging or kind of, you know, um, kind of just, you know, creating the pathway and saying, this is how you need to do it. Instead of just giving some guidance and then, you know, leading with support and, um, and you know, confidence that that person can actually, you know, go to the next step and, just as it would be with a child where, you know, initially they might be not confident that they can be doing something new and, and, you know, as a parent guiding them. And so your active listening, as you described, I think is, yeah, is definitely, you know, key. And um, so thank you for, you know, helping more people learn about it because I really, really feel that that's something hopefully going forward more people are aware and also that you know all these skills that you have learned it's a gender neutral um you know thing it doesn't mean that what you know like as often sadly still care work or a carer is often associated with being a female person where 
that's, you know, thank you for, you know, being the evidence that it really, anybody can do care work. Yeah. Regardless of the gender. Yeah. I, I would even argue that there's no skill at all that's gender related. There's no skill. I think it's uh, we might have tendencies uh, and we we are, and and the rest is often just influenced by our culture yeah. and 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 this is the main key if we understand us as a society that we are we are not because of mainly our training or the things that uh, that we proactively learn but actually a result of the culture we are like um, but not like just it's not an outside thing I think it's for me learning for example is a mutual service um, if my I never need to for example I think the best advice for a parent can be you never need to worry about your child not learning enough if you are willing to learn from a ch child yeah. Because you're a role model, you're an example, so you never need to worry. But I see so many parents worrying about the the path their children take, and then they're they're trying to control. And yeah. this is the same thing that we see in business, when a um, a manager doesn't see the, the the particular results he wants to see, they want to control, and they're doing this micro manage uh, stuff and so on. But actually. The willingness to first learn from actually the people that are working with you, working for you, and exchange having this exchanging experience, it would um, be so much more um, beneficial for everybody. But yeah, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> well, you know, I think you are definitely you know one great example. So thank you. And the other thing I'd love to learn more about you've been. Now, as we've talked about earlier, traveling around Europe in a motorhome. And so I'm just curious, what kind of, you know, things or skills have you already learned during this journey? Could you share a bit more with our audience? Yeah. Um, I think the, the one of the things is probably there are not so many new skills that I learn. It's more like the environment um, offers me space to practice things. Um, for example, um, reaching out to like strangers. It's it's just, it's so much more fun and it, it gives, um, um, I wouldn't say you have automatically more confidence, but because you're in that uh, environment, you it's necessary to ask for help. So asking for help is such a great thing to be able to. Um, so uh, you can learn this, for example. Then the other thing is everyday consciousness, like not taking anything for granted um like my water usage um how many times I'm, i need a loo at a day sometimes like these weird things that you never really consider in a in a, in a like um um location-based life i would say right um, I, I i try to avoid not say like unnormal and normal life, <laughs> and normal life. Um, the other thing is and what this is something really like it gives me so much hope about humanity because traveling always offers you help it's it's like 
there's such a community sense that you will experience when you open up to travel, um, open up to reach out to people. I ordered my first beer, for example, and uh, fries in uh, Spanish, for example. <laughs> and people are just um, being deli uh, becoming delighted by your effort. And right. for example, my neighbor here offered me actually his car just for taking it to drive to somewhere without any attachment to it, for example. So there's so many things um, that I could like, um, yeah, um, go through that I'm learning every day. Um, and uh, yeah, traveling itself is just such an individual experience. So yeah, again, like community sense is one of the things. And for me, there are many learnings. I could like share a list of many learnings with you afterwards or like share a link where I share these in, in the near future. But um, it's really like having the space for practicing what's already within within me and just wants to have the space like guitar playing. I, mm -hmm. I would argue that I'm very good at playing guitar, but my main problem was not um, being able to play guitar. I never took the effort to play it actually, um, but having the space and um, like the right, right environment that helps me um, just made me so, um, so excited that I'm now really um, try to learn every day, at least a little bit. But I mean, this this is so interesting. And now, are people able to follow you guys on your journey? And where would they, you know, learn more about it? Yeah. So we, so far, um, we haven't managed to write too much about it, but we are writing about this. So there's a medium uh, page that we are ha having, and the project is calling on tour with you. Um, so I think if you Google it and, and you, you put my name onto, uh, onto it, you, you should find, uh, the page. I have started two articles, uh, articles so far. Um, but my w wife is also writing about this. So, because we're looking at our journey from different perspectives and mm -hmm. even I hope my daughter is uh, publishing a few things, um, because she is quite a gifted writer. Um, so I'm really hoping that she, um, yeah tries to put something out there and um so yeah it's really about um it's about so many things for uh, on the one hand if for us it's a learning journey in terms of sustainability so we we are meeting different uh, projects uh, um, and communities that are caring for uh, sustainable approaches And one of the key things for setting up something is often community. So, and this is like my main subject, for example, how do community structures themselves? What are their challenges? Um, how do they um, overcome their challenges? Um, and we also try to involve ourselves with the skills um that we having so it's also like a skill share skill exchange journey as well so there's there's a lot in it and we are just trying to 
write about our experience but with some depth so that's why we're not like we don't want to do like a daily blog mm -hmm. or we didn't start with it i'm considering it at the moment with just daily insights because i often hear friends like oh yeah you need to write a, a little bit so i'm probably sharing more um, pictures on my instagram or social media in general so probably on uh, linkedin or cross-pollinating the social media platforms <laughs> well thank you and i will be sure you know we will put it afterwards into the comments as well the link so people can follow as well because i feel honestly especially now during the pandemic there is you know far less opportunity to travel so i feel you know you guys sort of like you know we can live through you and your journey mm. to you know see different places and hear as you you know said ordering some you know a beer or something in a different language and yeah so it's uh i mean it's it just sounds so interesting and now um Bjorn, is there anything else that you would like to share with our our audience today that we have not covered yet our conversation was quite full with lots of things and i feel like adding something feels not right at the moment. So I think maybe then, yeah, I have it. Um, I think, yeah, just reach out to me. I would love to um, get to know new people and oh, to all of those um, who are listening to this and would be interested to like having a really meaningful, deep full conversation and going through something, I invite them to have at least one conversation, one deep, meaningful conversation with me and, and see in which way I can support or help them. Um, I think this is something I would like to share. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bjorn. It's it's really, really nice, you know, talking with you and learning about more about your background and um, you know, and the experiences you're going through as a family right now in your motorhome. And um Bjorn, it was super nice having you as my guest today. It was such a pleasure to be your guest, Karin. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really great. Uh, it also gave me the opportunity to reflect on the last couple of weeks and on my life in general. I think uh, um, it's just it's just amazing. And um, yeah, another invitation. Invite me if you feel like I should be. <laughs> I should talk to to someone else in in a podcast or interview. It's it's just great fun. I really enjoyed the time with you, Karin. Thank you. Thank you so much. I very much appreciated the opportunity talking to Björn and learning about the transferable skills that he has gained from being a stay-at-home dad and from traveling around with his family in a motorhome across Europe. And this episode, this bonus episode, concludes the episodes that I initially had recorded as LinkedIn Lives as part of the 31 Days of Transferable Skills Initiative. The next episode will be the first episode of Season 3 of Job Sharing and Beyond. I am very appreciative to have as my first guest in that season Ulrike Kremer, who is the Generations Ambassador in Germany. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. 
to keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.